0: internet you sister get me a fruit juice my name is Matthew Crow. and they'll be back to fuck us up my name is Shaheer Dowd and this is the only podcast about movies specifically the film
1: Athena 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 Athena, Athena. 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 we're Athena. almost got it in sync there we're good yeah we're like a great Greek chorus line we're Matt. professionals <laughs> well we're not really because we fucked up again
0: no, we didn't. Yeah, we did.
1: We no, did. I'm gonna go.
0: I'm gonna go the RNC route and just ignore, despite <laughs> piles of evidence of bad things that we did, <laughs> or the one bad thing that we did. It's not. A, it's not a bad thing. It's just. It, yes. I, but what? I'm gonna just say yes. that no, we didn't. <laughs> oh no, we didn't. What is? Uh, yeah, no, we didn't. We, no, didn't. we didn't happen. We didn't. We didn't promise. S- despite uh, the evidence, we didn't. Despite promise. all evidence to the contrary, uh, <laughs> fuck you. You're wrong. Uh, and we didn't say for a second time we were going to do Blonde. Yes, if you were listening into both our Bell
1: and, what was the movie we did before Bell? I'm struggling to remember now. Uh, time is a flat circle. But time
0: we, is a flat circle. We
1: did say we were going to do uh, Blonde and we didn't. Um, so we so we did Bell and now in, in the Bell episode we said we were going to do Blonde and then we're not because we also messed up the release date again and it didn't quite work up with the windows. It actually what? releases tonight,
0: I believe. Who and, hired us? <laughs> Uh, we're doing a great job. We're, we're doing do- a great job. So Barbarian was the other one. And then it Barbarian, was Barrel. And then it was going to be blonde. blonde. It was going to be, oh the my God, Shahir. We would have not only three Bs, but three alphabetical order bees. It would have oh, been so man. perfect.
1: Yeah, but we, we jumped back in time. Well, we jumped back up the uh, alphabetical scale to do Romain Gav- says. Athena, which, yeah. oh man. Hold on.
0: I want to say for something real quick about the Bell episode. Uh, okay. I'm super proud of the thumbnail. Okay. Uh, are I we managed, in the thumbnail? I, I, we are. Are we? we are in I the, the thumbnail. The thumb, I looked at I won't the even thumbnail. Say, I won't even say where. Yeah. I am just so happy I came up with it. Okay. D- just, and even if you find it during this, here don't say, listeners, write us in, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. We are in the thumbnail of the Bell episode. A hundred percent. I looked at that and said, we're not in
1: the thumbnail. And I, and I was like, oh yeah, it's too hard to do an illustrated version of us. Nope. Uh, I'm sure he nope, didn't do it. We're
0: there. We are there. so there. Uh, uh,
1: well, very nicely done. Uh, I, I did not, to the point where I didn't even see it. Um <laughs> Oh, I will have to look at it. Um, a- anyway, uh, we are back for Romain Gravis' Athena, which I'm very excited for, because Romain Gravis is a director I am actually have been tracking for a while because of the music videos he's been making. He has made two feature films before, and he is, of course, the son of famed French director Costa Gravis. Wait, do you know where he
0: is right now? You've been tracking him?
1: Yeah, I've been tracking him uh, on the internet. He, he at all times I know we remain is. Do you have
0: one of those uh, what are the Apple things you can put in wheel wells or whatever that should be illegal? Uh, what the oh, hell the, are the, they? Oh, the AirTags? the Air Tags. The Air Tags. Just drop an Air Tag in his pocket. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: well, Costa Gra... you know, like the fact that he is Costa Gravas's son uh, is a big deal. Uh, Costa Gravas, of course, is the fan French filmmaker, the probably best known for his film Z uh, about political assassinations. Right. Um, but his music videos, Romain Garavis' music videos are extraordinary he's a commercial and music video director he's made two feature films as well Um, but uh if you haven't seen him these are probably the most extraordinary music videos and not in terms of like uh visual innovation which a lot of people like michelle gondry or spike jones are known for but the sheer sort of image-making quality of his videos. He makes provocative images that are just beautiful to watch. And of course, uh, the videos I'm talking about are No Church in the Wild for Jay-Z and Kanye West, which features a lot of the similar sort of um, riot and revolutionary images that we see in Athena. um, Mm -hmm. But also... Uh, probably one of my favorite music videos of all time, uh, M.I.A.'s Bad Girls, uh, you know, sit, I th- I believe, I'm not sure exactly where they shot it, but uh, I think it was Saudi Arabia uh, with women uh, driving cars. I think this was the response to the time when women couldn't drive cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, well, this is, this is uh, another favorite of mine, was uh, a music video for Jamie XX uh, for a track called Oh My Gosh. And there was oddly two videos made for this particular track. The other one was sort of a... Um, Uh, a 3D image-based video based on, like, NASA images. And then this one uh, that Romain Gravis did, which I believe he did it, he shot it in China. Uh, And again, this beautiful orchestration of people um, uh, going to, uh, uh, like, a sort of replica of the Eiffel Tower in China. Uh, It is gorgeous. Um, I believe the science fiction one has more views, which is really strange to me. Hmm. Uh, But again just a phenomenal filmmaker, a phenomenal image maker. So this would be my first time watching one of his movies, and I was excited for that. And um, again, Bilge Ibiri uh, over at The Village Voice uh, wrote this up as one of his favorite films of the year. Uh, Liam Billingham reached out to us from the Uber bus and was like, if you're doing Athena, uh, you got to have me on. Siddhanta Adlanka uh, wrote for Polygon about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roxana Hadidi has been writing and raving about it. So... When you slipped up with blonde, I was kind of like, you know what? This is my chance. This is my little when window. I slipped up with blonde. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely all you. It's all you.
0: <laughs> oh, so now we're at the point of the RNC game plan where we no longer are disavowing it. We're just blaming another one of us and it's yeah, not us. About? Yeah, it it's wasn't totally me. <laughs> of course. Of course. Okay, we're we're moving through this. Um yeah. you know, if if uh this Particular promise that we may or may not have made was also akin to shooting hogs from a helicopter or whatever. I could run for uh Senate. I don't know. Um <laughs> I just referenced like nine different things there. Um yeah, I, I was not familiar uh with this until you brought it up, but a lot of the friends of the show obviously were very, very psyched for it. And then um when I sort of saw the uh art I didn't watch a trailer or anything. Yeah. Uh, I, I, How was what? that? <laughs> Fine. Mm. I you know I don't think it would have affected me one way or the other had yeah. I watched the trailer for it. Yeah. Um. Uh. I was I was after just seeing like the poster art. I was like, oh no, oh no, no not 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 like a I, like look. I, you can even tell from the composition like it's just going to be a really beautiful, uh, uh, very skilled movie. Also, a lot of people I trust uh, mm. say that it's good, so I knew it was going to be good. What I also knew it was going to be, and it is, was incredibly heavy. Oh, yes. Uh, and I, this was, uh, so I want to talk about this as, as, as sort of not only my experience, but sort of how we experience seeing films, uh, how I have my entire life, and then specifically today. Um, when I had time to watch this film, mm-hmm. I did not want to watch a heavy movie. Okay. Okay. Um, That's, fair. That's fair. I was in a really dark mood
1: Yeah.
0: Um, for both some personal stuff, some business stuff, and kind of state of the world stuff. Sure, and then to watch this, this, and again, incredibly, uh, I'll say it right now, skillfully crafted masterwork of a piece of cinema, like no mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. I had to really power through with my like critic hat, or yeah. like my like my knowing I was going to discuss this film because like stupid, dumb, child, lizard brain, Matt was like, I don't want this, I don't yeah. want this, I don't want this, and it's an interesting exercise. I think, to – to, I mean, we're in an interesting position because we've self-inflicted ourselves to watch a movie a week until we die and then talk about it. Yep. But, like, it's a responsibility that we've accepted that we want to do. And with
1: great responsibility.
0: The, it comes – comes g- no power. It <laughs> comes no power whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so, like, uh, I, it'd been a while since I'd been in that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was – very interesting, and I'll kind of go into it as as we're talking about specifics of the film. But it was very interesting to engage with something like this mm-hmm. when when you know it is a masterwork, but you do not want to deal with the tone at the time that you have to watch it.
1: I I uh, I can
0: wholeheartedly see that. I
1: think you know, like I like I, you know, I've, I've talked about on the podcast. Um, I've been having some uh, you know just just difficult stuff happening like you are as well and that definitely impacts what you want to watch when you want to watch it how you want to watch it um i know uh i can't remember the critic um i think it was david orrick said something along the lines of this on twitter a couple of years ago um and he had just gone through like a personal tragedy i want to say i I, Mm. you know i could be wrong about that but he said you know there's this funny thing which is that whenever you go through uh, something difficult, the next movie you watch will be exactly about that whether you (laughs) want it to be or not. And and I think, you know, he was sort of being um, um, playful there about the idea that you'll happen to watch a movie that's actually thematically about what you're dealing with, but also in this weird way, which is that, I think the, the bigger thing of what he was saying is that movies, the way you watch movies reflect your inner... Being at that moment. So, if you could be watching Guardians of the Galaxy and the inner feelings that you have come to play in the way in which you watch that movie, a certain line might, you know, might, might reflect, allow you to reflect upon your life in an interesting way. Um, a certain look, um, a certain moment. I, I remember when I watched, um, uh, this is this is a deep, deep cut. But I remember uh, I, I told my girlfriend about this at the time and I, like, pointed out this moment. She was like, this moment has, you know, is nothing like what you're describing. And and I was like, and I thought about that and I was like, oh, actually, it's what I was feeling at the time that made me think that that moment was important. Mm. And in it was in um, uh, Antoine Fuqua's film Training Day and it was a moment where Denzel Washington looks at Ethan Hawke as he's, like, getting ready to kill Ethan Hawke. Uh, Spoilers for that movie. What? Uh, um, but, But in that moment, what I saw in that moment was Denzel Washington's character considering... Ethan Hawke as a younger version of himself. He was, like, looking at him with this... eye. And I sort of pointed that out to my girlfriend, and she was like, no, that's not what's happening in this moment at all. He's just going to kill him. And it's just kind of that thing that you're saying, which is that if you have a certain mood, and I, and I respect that if, if this particular film and a lot of films like this, um, we'll talk about the, the French New extremity in a second, mm-hmm. um, may not be what you want at that moment, but I think you'll bring something to it and it will, refl- whether you want it to or not, just like David O'Rourke said, it will reflect upon you in sort of interesting ways, whether whether you want to or not, or sure. whether you ex- oh, yeah. whether you expect it to or not. Um, you know, I don't expect that you've been in a riot this week, but something in this movie
0: will speak to you. Yeah, and it's it's um, it's funny. You start to sort of notice either different things or focus in on like I think our brains are are wired to like try to find. The, if if either the joy in what you are experiencing, or if you can't the misery in what you're experiencing, like we, right. we want to suture ourselves in and go along with it, yeah. um, and so like for the joyous stuff, it's it's a pretty simple uh, thing. The, the the only stuff that I would call joyous uh, in in this <laughs> film would honestly be the technique that's on display, <laughs> um, because you can tell with the camera. I mean, what is this movie like? Twelve shots. Like what? Uh, like it's 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 insane. It's staggering. How it, 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 the construction of the film is really breathtakingly staggering. Yeah. Uh, by that we mean the takes are incredibly long for many many sequences, or they do seamless cuts, or however they want to do it. I don't even care. It worked perfectly. Yeah. That opening.
1: The, the, oh this God. is
0: so little of a, of a spoiler but basically like there's the, the the plot of this movie is that there was a uh, a child killed by uh so-called police they're not quite sure or not but while yep. the investigation was going on uh they asked for calm uh then there's a riot and you watch this riot take place as they storm a police uh a, a police um building and uh then steal weapons and then leave and drive back to their apartment block and barricade it yeah. And that happens all in one air quote shot and it is fucking nuts. And you watch it you're like, "Oh." <laughs> like it, it's funny because the violence I don't think in this film is ever glorified by any means of the imagination. Mm. Um uh but like they make a meal of of traveling along with these characters whenever they are on the move. Yeah. Uh and that to me was so fucking cool and like you could you could tell that uh, the filmmakers behind it were just like on board with doing that. Like it is heavy stuff to be sure, and they were trying to say a message, but also they were they were having a good time figuring out how to make this all function as a cohesive whole and like very like so many moving pieces across to, like a twelve minute shot or some shit. It's, like it's
1: star- it, it, yeah, the the construction of that particular scene. I, I tweeted this. Um. Uh, not that anybody cares, but it was just like I. I do pride myself on like when I can, you know, because I have a visual effects background. Uh, on watching something going, I think I can pull apart how this was done, mm-hmm. and there were moments in this movie where I was just like, I have no idea. This is like <laughs> there's just like lots of moments here where I was like, I actually do not know how they pull that off. Like, um, so there, there, it's it's it, it's because. And, you know, we should talk about this in relation to another single take war movie that came out in the recent years. But, but we like, we, you know, we should break up this conversation a little bit because we'll have like the construction of the film, the meaning of the film, uh, the relationship to society that the film has uh, in some way. Uh, I, I, what does IMDb tell us that this movie is about?
0: Oh, well. <laughs> oh, boy, do they ever say that Athena is. Hours after the tragic death of their youngest brother, in unexplained circumstances, three siblings have their lives thrown into chaos. Of course. Yes. That, I um, think that is a perfect description to not spoil a goddamn thing while also being really, really, really correct. Yep.
1: Yep. And, uh, of course, so the the uh, the first uh, close-up shot that we see is of uh, uh, Dali Binsala, um, who plays Abdel, who is a returning soldier who comes in uh, to a press conference to say that his younger brother, um, his younger brother, Idir, has, has died and that, you know, we all need calm at this moment. Uh, the camera then swoops over the crowd or through the crowd to the face of another young man who we'll later learn or very soon learn is, a, is the other brother of uh, both Abdel and Adir, uh a young man by the name of Karim, who is ostensibly a leader of a... Um, uh, young revolutionary part, uh, young revolutionaries uh, who have decided to uh, fight back uh, against this death and probably against a lot of um, issues stemming from uh, mm-hmm. police and state intervention in in the, in their lives. Um, we will also later learn that there is a fourth brother by the name of Mokhtar, uh, who is a, he happens to be a drugs and weapons trafficker, um, who is also in the 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 housing complex at the same time, trying to get out. So essentially, all the four the, uh, these three characters will um, uh, end up in Athena, um, and will have to navigate their way out while trying to defuse the situation or make it worse, as it turns out. And again, as you've kind of alluded to, the opening shot. Is a single take that travels from um, from Abdel's face to Karim's face to Karim throwing a Molotov cocktail to a riot with thousand, with seemingly thousands of people in, yeah. uh, in the background um, taking place at the police headquarters, a robbery of uh, police equipment, a two car car chase uh down a city street where the camera goes in and out of the cars um seemingly free willingly uh and then eventually landing at the athena complex itself to uh as the titles play out reveal essentially what is going to be at play here a police versus the the inhabitants the young inhabitants of this uh, housing complex in a sort of um almost warlike scenario. There's a sort of Greek tragedy to it, but there's also like a castle, you know, like a, a sense of uh, Athena is a stronghold that which is going to be toppled throughout this uh, film. Right. Um, uh, just to kind of piggyback off what you were saying, it was a staggering experience to watch this movie. Uh, you know, obviously we watched it on a projector. It has this pretty sweet runtime of like just an hour and 30 minutes um so it was like there there was nothing daunting about sitting down to watch this um and once (laughs) other than the
0: subject matter
1: other than the subject matter but once you're in for those first 30 minutes and again perhaps for me the subject matter while i want to talk specifically about that i was just those first few moments were just like hey we're in the hands of a filmmaker no matter how you know how bad this is going to get Please, you know, be aware you're you're being directed throughout this. Like you're you are being guided through this experience, and there is a voice, uh, there is a voice behind this experience that is going to guide you. It is akin to, you know, when I saw Children of Men for the first time. It is akin to the sort of the amazing single take in Orson Welles' Touch of Evil. Uh, you know, we reviewed uh, a couple of years ago by Gans' film Long Day's Journey Into Tonight, which had that staggering one-hour single take. Obviously, the single take is this sort of. Um, Historically in cinema, uh, you know, (laughs) method... Way of showing off, <laughs> and I say that as someone who is planning my first feature, which features a, a pretty long single take at the beginning of it, um, for a different effect. Uh, but of course, we saw Sam Mendy's film, uh, 1917, uh, just a few years ago, the other war film, uh, which featured several long t- I, I, I think the idea was it was a single unbroken take, it is was supposed correct? to look
0: like that, but of yeah. course, you know, it's not like, and, yeah. and
1: for me, that was a movie where the technique really felt like it got in the way of the actual storytelling. It it, it felt that there was um, more devoted to embellishing that this was a technique that they were using than there was to the actual storytelling on display. Whereas in here... Uh, because it's not like structured in a way that's like, oh, okay, we're only doing twelve takes, and you know, we're, we're specifically knowing. They, you know, they'll they'll sort of break up their techniques all over the place. They'll have sometimes really long unbroken takes. They'll jump into two shots. They'll you know, they'll they'll do uh, a whole host of techniques. So um, I'll
0: actually, I'll actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go the other end of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. I actually think that, um, for the sake of purpose, mm-hmm. and not just like. Making it immersive or cool, mm-hmm. I think 1917 did it better because the yeah. idea behind 1917 is you are with you are, you never leave the soldiers you are mm-hmm. in the war that is what it is supposed to be portraying to you that's the feeling that's what it kind of pitches and that's and I feel like it delivers where here. I never I, I you feel don't get me wrong and I would even say the camera work in this film is more impressive than 1917 mm-hmm. but I think as an exercise of of like the why I think the reasoning is much more solid for 1917 cuz here there's you it does jump around as well, which is fine. It puts you in the shoes of a lot of different people, mm-hmm. but it, it do, it's not delivering on the same experience. And for me personally, I think if we're going to do it for an experiential reason, the having you sort of like ride along like in real time with the thing is very, 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 very effective, especially in a war film. Mm-hmm. Um, where here, it just it just elevated what was going on due to the skill and 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 what was being shown. Again. It's kind of a weird bone to grind, but I do I do think I come at where I value it or the reasoning behind it from a sort of opposite perspective.
1: Okay, that's fine. I, I think for me the thing was isn't that in in nineteen seventeen I was always aware that they were doing a single take and it was always a case of like Oh, what are they gonna do with it now? Whereas in this one I didn't know what was happening and I was actually more thrown into the experience of like being disorientated, not knowing where we were going, and also like feeling like I was immersed in the experience. Like I really felt like the the thing about for me, the difference between nineteen seventeen and this, for example, is that I felt that this was dangerous to make. Like I felt I felt like there was a lot of risk involved in terms of the way it was made. like it felt like people could get hurt by the way that it was being made uh, other, and that's other, not something I felt with nineteen seventeen
0: other than that mm-hmm. danger factor entirely opposite feeling that I experienced with this wow one. like okay. like uh yeah i don't I don't know how else to sort yeah. of uh put it, but I mean, yeah, there is a sense of uh there's no control to the chaos. Yeah, like it's uh, you're immersed in chaos yeah uh, which I mean to be fair so this is the other thing so now I guess something that did bother me and again I don't think this this criticism is based on my mood but mm-hmm. maybe it was I don't want I don't want to discount that mm-hmm. there is nothing in this film other than a few like quieter like very few quiet moments and a lot of times it's just men screaming really close to the camera mm-hmm And there's nothing wrong with that. It is effective to get it across. But after a while, like when uh, now we're going to get into sort of minor spoilers, but I won't even say who. But there's a character who's fairly quiet that then sort of does a 180 for reasons and Mm. then just becomes like another loud dude. And I was like, God damn it. The one the one character Mm. that like. Brought, like gave this movie tonal like um not I guess tonal shifts or, or, or like energy shifts. tonal
1: beauty is, is, especially in the way that that character is introduced as, yeah. as he's tending to a garden uh,
0: and and I just I uh, uh, oh no, so actually I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the original brother. I wasn't talking about the, oh, the okay. quiet gentleman. I was saying like when, when he does the turn because because the, the character right. you're talking about is always quiet. I'm talking about um, the brother number one, I'm talking about uh, Abdel
1: uh uh i think it's yes abdel um yeah. i i so so i think this kind of leads me into the 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 sort of specificity, specificity not of genre but of categorization of the types of movies that we're watching here um obviously we are dealing with what is uh, a guerrilla war movie um mm-hmm. and we are dealing with something that i think kind of fits perfectly into this mold that James Quant, uh, the film critic, uh, called the French New Extremity. Now, th- the French New Extremity had to do specifically with body horror. Uh, you know, so Marina mm. de uh, um, The Skin I Live In. Uh, we did Julia DeCarno's uh, Titani before and 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 Raw. Uh, I think the films of Gaspar Noé, um, particularly... Um, uh, I Stand Alone and Irreversible um, fit into this mold, which is that these are films that explore the extremities of the human body. And I think it's something you said that once that you you're, you find particularly horrific was when the insides of a human being are on the outsides. And, <laughs> and, um, and the French New Extremities is, has swathes of that kind of effect. And I think to an extent for me, I felt the same way watching... Um, uh, Athena in the same way that I feel when I, when I tend to watch those types of movies, which is that they, they, there is a sort of uh, a nihilistic fatalism about them, which is that we're, we're not watching um, a, a, a sort of this happened and therefore how does this change our perspective on the world you know in a film like I mean irreversible does do this to some extent but I I think there's a sort of gleeful nihilism about them and I think that sort of nihilism comes across in this movie I, not to say this is not to say that that is not an appropriate response to the horrors of the world <laughs> incidentally um, you know but this is a movie where tragedy abounds these four characters and no one is leaving this scenario in a way that will Uh, offer perspective. In fact, all you will walk away, well, all I tended to walk away from from the experience was not just the misery of these four characters,
0: but the misery of the characters around them as well because of what's happened. And to be perfectly honest, like, again, other than the spectacle that this thing was, I, and this I do blame on my mood. I had a really hard time. Hmm. How do I put it? Like, because I knew that it would be like sort of like just misery upon misery upon misery upon misery upon misery, I I kind of emotionally got numb to it. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is no, this is zero, I no shade to any of the actors or the creatives behind this. But like, from the beginning of this film, I knew the entire thing was going to be a, a misery story. Mm. And <laughs> it's interesting, that sort of, that sort of... um either body horror or, or or things along those lines, there's always, even though I, I do find those things disturbing, There's always is sort of like a weird sense of uh, glee or joy or almost like, um, uh, I, I, I don't want to put it akin to like a standardized horror, but the reason why we're not totally freaked out by stuff like Barbarian is because we're kind of on a theme park ride of violence and crazy, right? But That's I think wh- a
1: film like Titan... For example, which has that sort of body, that gleeful body horror is more pl- is, is kind of playful as well. Yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah.
0: I'm agreeing with that with yeah. that sentiment. I'm going all sort of all around. Where here, the horror mm-hmm. is just horror. Mm-hmm. The misery is just misery, and you see why. And it, and I would argue it has many powerful things to say. And I think more people should watch this film. Did I have fun watching this film? No. I, I don't think anyone's expecting you to have fun. No, 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 you don't <laughs> have to. Well, mm-hmm. What I'm saying is like this movie was a very skilled important lesson. Mm. Um, and it, it it's it was and because of that and because I kind of I could feel it that that was what it was going to be as the movie sort of played on. I had a harder time latching in to any one, like, character or a few characters to, like, to, like, care about them. Mm. Like, I almost went into, I think, to be perfectly honest, and again, I base this on my mood, like, almost like a defense mode. Mm-hmm. In a way, I'm like, well, all these characters are fucked. Right. Like, I, like they're fucked. There's no, <laughs> it's done. Like, and so it was hard for me to... to like suture in for the emotional ride, because i I could feel where it was going mm. and I, and again i I do blame that on my mood this is not the film's fault mm. uh I think personally um uh, yeah. with with the exception of uh Mokhtar. Most I found the, brother, the, 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 for, the the drug dealer brother. The drug dealing brother. I right. found the drug dealer brother. Like, I felt like he and his crew were in like a different movie that I had no idea what was going on with, and it, I was it, like, he he has a different tone or like feeling or vibe and and than anyone else.
1: Yeah, and it's it's hard to kind of connect them as br- like the the central conceit between Abdel and Karim as brothers on opposite sides of the of the of the ideological fence here mm-hmm. is like much is 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 really straightforward and it's really easy to understand. Uh, Mokhtar is like, you're. yeah, you're again like wondering, was like, how is he part of this family? Or what is the, you know, like, and I think it is alluded to that he is a half-brother. Yeah, but he's also they have a different, yeah. But he's also a character where you go, uh, okay, so there's a sort of almost Greek tragedy kind of sense that these are all, you know, different sides of the coin. I think um, Sadant uh, Adlanka, you know, wrote this thing about the idea is that there is, um, uh, the oppressor, the oppressed, and the capitalist within those who make money, yep. regardless, as the as the kind of the the trifecta there. Um, but even then, I, I did I, I don't disagree with you, which is that whenever they cut like there were long swaths where they didn't have Mokhtar's story in there, and I was when they did cut back, I was like. How is this actually going to integrate within mm-hmm. the greater fabric here? Because the bigger tragedy that I walked away on, I was like, oh my God, these kids poor mother. I was just like, there was a sense right. of like because there was a there's a moment where the mother is calling each of the each of the kids and talk and talking to them and I was just like that that to me was the actual tragedy was the mother. And I uh, you know, so to to this to this point that you made about like whether it is just pure misery. Uh, one of the writers of this was uh Lady uh Large Largely, I think is the name. Uh, I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, but he uh wrote and directed Les Misérables, the the sort of uh adapt- adaptation of uh Victor Hugo's novel uh that came out a few years ago and I think it was nominated for um uh Best Foreign Film um and I I wanted to see it for a while and and now having seen this I will definitely go back and watch that. Um I think what what we hope for within the chaos is sometimes the the sort of the beauty of the human spirit within it. Sometimes, like and and I and I I know that that is, I think I think as soon as I say that a lot, that's probably trite to the vision that that Romain Garabas had for this particular film, but it is akin to. In Children of Men, for example, you know, like a, a lot of people tend to forget that the the, the, the back third of Children of Men or the back half is a war movie mm-hmm. where he's traversing through this, like, war zone. I don't zone. think
0: people forget that.
1: I don't know. I, I didn't think that people think it's a movie, but, you know, like, they, they sort of forget that it's, like, it's a, it's one of the great war movies of our time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and you know, the, the sort of beautiful moment in that war movie is a child is born or we, you know, the entire war stops because we, everyone hears the sound of a child and that is of course built up throughout the entire movie because it is about the, you know, the, the loss of children. And, and then the, the sort of tragic irony of that movie is that as soon as, uh, the, the cries, uh, uh, stop and moves away, the war continues, and that's the sort of beautiful poetic realization about what the war is. And there's not that moment in this. The where the, the other character who I alluded to eventually became the, the the bomber. Um, there's a moment where Sebastian. He, yeah, Sebastian, where he's tending to his garden uh, in the midst of uh, of this chaos, and he is not listening. He's he's got rock music playing in his ears, and that was very close to that moment. This idea that there is one person who just does not care, and and I think there was something beautiful to this idea that that within this housing complex, where there is this. Awful riot going on. There are people who live here who, for whom this is their home and they're not willing to leave and they're not willing to partake. And they're not, you know, like they're just sort of stuck in this zone between the, the, the war zone affects them, but it's also like irrelevant to them. Um, yeah, and then he and, becomes the Joker, and it's like <laughs> w- okay, <laughs> yeah, because when they so they the, um, Abdel puts Sebastian away in a in a room and he locks him in, in this sort of children's room, and for me that kind of made me think that this was not a, this was a character who um, was on the spectrum or or you know needed to be protected, didn't understand, he didn't understand what was happening around him, but as it turns out, he knows all too well because like Abdel, he, he presumably was a soldier. Um, and knows more about military bombings or or how to um, uh, how to sit bombs and how to uh, like open safes and that sort of thing than almost anyone else on the planet.
0: It's funny. I actually it took me a minute, but by the end I was like, oh, he wasn't putting him away to protect mm. him. He He's knew he wouldn't be able to get him out, so he was locking him away from his brother from 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 Karim yeah. because he didn't want him to get his like skill set, knowledge then. is skill yeah, yeah. set because yeah. he's a fucking nightmare like, he is
1: yeah yeah and you know he uh, because he also has a uh, a death wish i guess or he doesn't he's he's uh, he doesn't care about what's happening around him death or life is like indifferent yeah. um, and and I, I i you know again i was hoping that there would be sort of more of that sort of interest, introspective beauty about the situation but i think Regardless of that, there are moments abound that are you know again beautiful and staggering and heartbreaking in this and you know look, I have been you know I, I went to this roblox conference recently I've been talking a lot about video games and culture David. um and and well, a lot of the conversations that uh, we have been having is about the relevancy of cinema to young people and about the the idea that like, hey, movies aren't the um, aren't the emotionally risen experiences that they were for us, uh, for a new generation. I think, I think, I, I think that equation will change because there is a, there is much more media around and also video games, social and inter- social media, you know, is changing the way we kind of think about it. And, and I, I often, you know, I tend, I actually, you know, despite being someone who has dedicated his life to, to cinema and to like the art of, ma- you know, and, and is going to make movies. Um, I do believe that like the the movie as the central cultural experience is going away. You know, like, we're not going to have a Titanic uh, anymore, which, like, defines... How everybody sees uh, a moment, you know. I, I just don't think that's going to happen anymore.
0: Um, There's too much to talk about, even with the yeah. film like Top Gun Maverick, who that literally to this day is still making millions of dollars every weekend. Yeah, I don't, somehow, yeah. It's I don't know like, if that movie is going to have a cultural re- relevancy mm-hmm. in
1: terms of like affecting the way we see the world.
0: Yeah, no one, no one is, no one is going to reference that outside of like studio metrics, right? Yeah, like that's yeah. like whereas. Whereas when we were coming up, like Titanic was for at least six months, like the experience.
1: Yeah, it was everything like, we
0: talked about. Yeah, and it's everything, and, and because there's so much to talk about. Also, there's changing attention spans. I just watched a yep. very interesting video over on Polygon uh, about uh, media multitasking. Right. And uh oh, yeah. more and I'm, more I'm, and it's funny. Yeah. As as elder millennials, uh, yeah. you and I are you a millennial technically or am I uh, just a millennial? I'm old as fuck
1: is what I am. Yeah, I know. Well <laughs> I am
0: too, but the the but I am the the oldest millennial. Um <laughs> the basically like they they they're polling a bunch of people and like a lot of Gen Z will, yeah, 100% be doing two things at once. They'll be playing a casual game while watching a TV show or watching a film while doing something, like, all this other stuff. And then most millennials were like, no. Oh, like, really? old millennials, old millennials. The younger yeah. millennials were in it. So, right. like, and I do that, too. Like, but I, I have a... This is the weird thing. I have a hard line with films.
1: Right. You. you I will not
0: to- multitask with the film, unless it's a thing I've seen a million times and right. I just want background noise. But, like... I will not play a game of Hearthstone or <laughs> jump on the thing, right? Like, like, but I will do that with with um actually with TV. Actually, I really don't unless it's really lost me. Then I just end up turning it off. But what I will do is even before this podcast, I was watching uh, a Twitch stream and yeah. playing Hearthstone because yeah. I don't like doing one of those without like I I don't really enjoy like it's like can take half my attention span. So film. I no. Film is a hundred percent in for me.
1: Well, the reason I bring that up is when I watched Athena, the thing that I was thinking about is like, oh, this is what makes film relevant is its vitality. And when I watched Athena, I know you, you had qualms about it, but I did think it was a vital experience. And it yes had, oh agreed. You know, like there was a sense to it that it was arresting in a way that was undeniable, that you couldn't turn away from. And I. there was a part of me that watched it and said, this is what needs to happen in order for movies to remain relevant, is to have the kind of vitality and the sort of immediate relevance to the world around us. If you think about what, you know, like if you watch a film, so, you know, that, coming back to that David, David Orrick quote about... Um, the way in which a movie is relevant to your experience if you think about what's happening in iran right now in terms of the protesting and the riots that's going on based on the death of masha amini it is directly relevant to the experience of watching athena like that is a film that speaks directly to that experience in terms Mm -hmm. of the anger and the frustration obviously in a different in an entirely different cultural context um but it but there's a sense of like you know i guess when i watch not just American cinema, but when I watch commercial cinema today, like you, you mentioned Top Gun, Maverick, uh, which is which is essentially a film about geo... You know, like, has a geopolitical background to it. I don't but think there's it no does. Sin, I don't think
0: it does. It's built upon it. It, yet, it is built yet, on the military-industrial complex. It has nothing to do with geopolitics.
1: But but there, but there's, like, a, not a sense that that film has anything to say about the geopolitics Oh no. which a, it engages in.
0: It's a Star Wars trench run.
1: Yeah. And so when I watched Athena... And I know this is sort of moot to say, but all those conversations that I have been having about, like, will cinema be relevant suddenly coalesced as I watched it. And I said, this is what makes cinema relevant is the I mean, vitality of this particular experience. And here's what the experience of 1917, by the way, which
0: I just didn't find vital at all. But this, um, was, this was no, like, no. 1917 <laughs> is not vital. 1917 got me in the mind space, body space of a soldier more than this did.
1: I'm sorry. Uh, I feel like I'm ragging on 1917 all the time. No, 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 no. But it's a completely
0: completely different experience that uses some similar techniques in the way it was filmed. Um, (laughs) The the thing I'll say about it being vital, I 100% agree. Uh, I think... And it's important to watch things that you don't that aren't just like purely for entertainment. I'm going to get my booster shot on Saturday. Do yeah. I wanna do that? <laughs> no. Is it the best thing for me? You bet your sweet ass it is. So like like and and, and like Obviously, watching this film is far better than getting uh, a, a shot that makes you a little bit sick, possibly for a couple days or whatever. Right. But that is, but both are sort of inoculating you against uh, various things, both mentally or physically. I'll even go back to like uh, we're doing. Uh, we do the literature show on on um, on YouTube, so you haven't read, and we're just did. I just recorded our episode on Animal Farm. And I had forgotten about Animal Farm, weirdly enough. And it was kind of formulative for me. It was the first time, I think, uh, or one of the first times when I was reading, like, books for fun. Where I was like, oh, fuck. This book ain't fun. (laughs) (laughs) But it it, it relates to your direct
1: life, right? Like, it makes you think about the world that you are embraced upon.
0: Yep. (laughs) And so uh, I think this film, much like George Orwell's Animal Farm, Mm -hmm. this, like... this is telling of our times and human interactions in dangerous and terrifying ways. The things that are, to me, more scary than uh, fucking barbarian. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, and, well, and I think as well- They're like, designed to be different experiences. I, I shouldn't put uh, them together. No, yeah.
1: I, I, it's just that um, I, I think, you know, I, I'm not saying this in a way that is uh, pejorative of, of the movies that we love and have seen. I, I'm just saying that that in order for cinema to remain relevant, it needs to have moments like this, or movies like this, which are, like, I think about... um, This couldn't be a TikTok. Yeah, this definitely couldn't be a TikTok. Well, maybe it will be eventually. Um, But I think about, like, um, Bernardo Bertolucci's film The Dreamers, um, which is about this triptych, uh, these three young revolutionaries who end up having sex most of the time, but, um, who tight. are living through the, yeah, tight, 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 um, through the, um, the, the university, uh, the, the, the May 1968 riots. And I think in that movie, there's a scene where they go to the cinema and I think they watch a Truffaut film or a Godard film and Empowers them to reshape the world around them. Like it is, it is a formative experience, and it gives them this political. It gives them this sort of political will to change the world around them. It is a vital kind of tool, and you know, there's this thing Ethan Hawke has been. Uh, th- there's this bite that Ethan Hawke has been uh, uh, memed or, uh, or or being shot around right now uh, on the internet, which is. Um, something akin of, you know, he says, like, not a lot of people have time for poetry in their lives. You know, we just kind of live our lives. Until something tragic happens to us or we fall in love or something like that, and suddenly uh, poetry is sustenance. It's, it's like, you know, you absolutely need it because you need to experience, you need to see if somebody else experienced the world the way you do. And he says, in that case, art is, is vitally important. And I think, I think that's what I'm getting at with this idea that, that this film is vital, which is that we live in a chaotic world, and we live in a world where um, there's not a lot of sense in terms of what we are fighting for or why we're fighting, and we are angry all the time, and we are right to be angry, and we are right to fight, and we are right to 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 feel. You know, the the protests in Iran, in Iran, is is absolutely. Um, a necessary response to the way in which women's rights have been curtailed um, in that country. It's absolutely right to fight in that way. And we need cinema, like we need all art to in a way to reflect those impulses in us. Now, they can be subtle, you know, like, um, um, you know, this idea that, uh, hmm, like if we think about a film like, Apocalypse Now and its relationship to the Vietnam War or, um, uh, you know, they, they can be derivatives of uh, the way in which Lord of the Rings signaled uh, a world at war. Um, but there's this sort of immediacy to this film that is like not pulling any punches. There is no metaphor to this movie. It is like directly involved in what it is dealing with.
0: Well, it's important to see. Look, um I'll, I'll give an example from this film after I say what I'm about to say. Right. This is a movie that anyone on a political spectrum could watch and think, wow, everyone here is being really stupid. This is terrifying. And then yeah. you realize that you, person watching, is definitely on one of these sides in real yeah. life. And the yeah. idea is supposed to be, oh, fuck. Shit, shit, shit. Okay, let's rethink some stuff. Case in point. The character we haven't really mentioned yet, Jerome, the police officer, the 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 one we follow who gets kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. Who you know they butter him up at the beginning. He's the young recruit. He has two daughters. You see his nails are painted. Yep. Uh, And then he gets kidnapped, and there's a bunch of stuff we don't need to go into. But there's a lot of sort of tragedy that happens in and around him. He is he is the a focal point of the film, and a lot of violence happens to and around him. Yeah. And you remember that? Yeah, you know. There's a trillion problems, you know, in police departments and and all of that stuff. But sometimes, and this isn't an excuse for anything by any means, the imagination. It's a bunch of scared young people being thrown into experiences either in wars or in in uh, police states or anything like that. And and it it's an important reminder. It's not, it shouldn't slow anything down or or anything like that. But it's an important reminder from that side, from all sides, that like. There's always people that are wrapped up in all of this shit. Like mm-hmm. everyone, everyone's a little wrong. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, because um, he he um, essentially has to disguise himself as uh, uh, as a as a normal person in you know a member of the community in Athena in order to survive that. And well, then, for like five minutes. Yeah, and then he gets captured, and then as soon as he's released, he is killed, right, uh, by the police. Um, yeah, because he is dressed in that way. And, and so we are, um, you know, the the tragedy there is, is that I I think for me, the tragedy there is that he is, uh, from the outside, just the exact same age and demographic as the people who are are oppressed within Athena, who are fighting back against this, you know, this, this terror, this, this oppression. He's just he just lives in a different circumstance. You know, he's from a different circumstance where he has two children. He works for the police force. Now, know.
0: granted, there's yeah. there there are some intrinsic differences. But if we're looking at the the conversation of of police versus society, mm-hmm. like you choose to be a police officer most times. Uh, the, right. now now granted, but but, but uh, you, you may know,
1: not choose to be a police officer if you live in Athena. R-
0: right, maybe not. Right, yeah. like, yeah. that's the th- like. But we don't yeah. know. I, it, so it's it's a hard thing. But again, the the point being, um. What I think these types of films, when they work, and this one does, it does really well, it does the animal farm thing. It it shows you a fucked up situation, which you are definitely part of one of the sides, or you would you will find like where you where you fit in this spectrum yeah. and you'll be like, oh fuck, we're all kinda we're all just destroying ourselves. This is fuck, 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 yeah. fuck, fuck. And got to say doesn't doesn't make you feel good but it, it it again i think it is that sort of um uh, inoculation analogy right you, the, the idea is cinema like this should open our eyes to things and inoculate us sort of a little bit from being just like always in our bubble all the time um and i think this movie does this in spades it's interesting because um obviously this is a netflix uh released film at this point yeah and it's just weird if you put it next to, like, all the other... Th- like, I feel like it, this, this is a movie that's going to get a little bit drowned out due to a couple other uh, popular things that are released on Netflix around this time. You have Dahmer, which I cannot bring myself to watch. You have... Um, Blonde, which we're going to talk about. Blonde, which is coming out today. Yeah. You have uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which yeah. is a wonderful series, but again, a completely different uh, vibe. So, like, it, it's I, an interesting... I'm glad it's out, of course, but, like, I think... Just due to where it is and what else is around it, like I don't yeah. know how it will be due numbers wise. Yeah,
1: it, it won't it it won't be the vital moment, but I think it's a vital piece of cinema. Sure. And then you know, like um, I think there's a, a few years ago I asked the question can a can a streaming service have a political identity because there was this period where uh, Netflix was releasing a lot of um, left leaning documentaries, I guess in the wake of Donald Trump. Um, you know, and it was sort of like, it felt like there was a pointed sense to the way in which they were releasing, uh, their documentaries. But now I think we're in the sense where the streaming wars, so to speak, have gotten to a point where there is no identity anymore. It's just a matter of content and yeah. content is a poor way to describe, or a poor way to assign value to, to topics that requ- that require it. And like, like you say, I think, for example, *Blonde*. Andrew Dominik's film. Now, Andrew Dominic is a filmmaker that I think you know made a vitally important movie in my life, *The Assassination of the Coward*. Uh, uh, *The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford*. Um, but I, I, honestly think the the sort of salacious quality of *Blonde*, a three hour movie, a three hour biopic uh, about uh, Marilyn Monroe, will drown out the conversation that could be happening around *Athena*. And it's it's just simply a case that we you know like as you kind of alluded to in the multitasking world, there's just too much content. There's not the, <laughs> there's not the singular Titanic, which is uh, driving all uh, all conversations. Everyone has splintered into their respective groups of you know, of things. You know, I think there was a um, a subset of people that were excited to see Athena because of things like Bill Jabiri's reviews, uh, you know, discussion of it, and and then there were people who you know like will want to see whatever is coming out on Netflix next week uh that you know or is you know like is embroiled in you know the lord of the rings or
0: game of thrones or whatever Hey let's do a double feature. Let's do um uh Red Notice. Yeah. and Athena. I think right. that'll really pair <laughs> nicely. Yeah. Uh, it'll it'll go well. Yeah.
1: I I but you know to that end uh it's really tricky to say but uh, I I watch this and I am a person who has been having conversations with people who work in alternate media or well, not alternate media, but non uh, not who don't work in film, but who work in in mediums that that are taking the place of film. And I, you know, and when we have those conversations, I'm very sincere about this. I do believe as someone who loves film, the relevancy of film is waning. And and it's because we have you know like like you said, if the if the central touch point is Top Gun Maverick, it is a touch point simply in the fact that we all went and saw it, not in the fact and that we have conversations about.
0: We're it. We're not talking about it. We're like, oh, yeah. you see it? Oh, that was fucking cool, huh? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's it, that C- that, cool. that is the, that's the relevancy. Now again. The, the movie year moves in cycles, and we are coming to the end of the year where uh, it's it, It's unfortunate that it happens this way, but the Oscars kind of coalesces the conversations around certain movies.
0: But um, the Oscars, it, it's so funny you bring that up. The Oscars obviously is losing relevancy as we go like, on. I, and I'm not it suggesting is no the Oscars longer... are the be-all and end-all. No, I just say that, that, like, that it,
1: it, it sort of it anchors us into the conversation around certain Do cinema. you
0: know why, though? Do you know why it does? It's not the films anymore
1: it's the what is it for it's you? the
0: metatextual conversation it's social media it's hot takes it's all that shit it's
1: right. not
0: it, it like seeing the films doesn't to the general public i would argue doesn't matter anymore so long as whatever influencer you're watching said something about yada yada yada. like it's it's a weird and i'm not saying i mean actually i am saying it's bad you should watch movies uh and i'm guessing we're preaching to the choir for people mm. listening to uh this almost an hour on athena um but like it's 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 been boiled down to talking points on listicles. Right. Like it's it's not it's, it's just not that- fuel for the social media bonfire. It's
1: not the dreamer the Bernardo dreamer dreamers where people are invigorated by the cinema and walk out of it and you know, vive la résistance.
0: <laughs> and that's not to say that some people aren't. I'm yeah. saying that because we used to not be wow, well, we are old as fuck because right. we're saying this kind of shit. But it is kind of true, right? Like it's and I'm not saying that the new stuff is bad by any means of the imagination. New new media, video games, short form, whatever the fuck you're into. Yeah. What I'm saying is there are so many things combating for our attention at all times now that it is hard for either a- anything meaningful of any length to gain cultural traction. Uh, it's not impossible, it's just more difficult
1: now. The only thing I'll counter with that is that despite what I'm saying about the cinema, my faith in the fact that people need emotionally resonant experiences and will find them in whatever media they're interested in is still strong. I still believe that people can have those emotionally resonant moments. In social media, in in their tick in TikToks, in podcast, in in um, you know, in video games, I think what I think is what has stayed consistent is the capacity for people to need meaning in art.
0: Thousand percent. And, but
1: and, and and we will. It's it, it, like you kind of suggesting about what you wanted at that moment versus what you thought the movie was going to give you, you your experience is still relevant. And what you're looking for is important. And people are, no no matter how fractured we we find ourselves, we will still look for meaning in art.
0: Sure. But what I'm saying is there's so much art that it it, it is going to be incredibly difficult for there to be one piece of art that... Everyone rallies around like that. They kind of used to do with and film used to be that like gemstone where that stuff would live. It was the place where the critics and the art snobs would come and uh, mingle with with uh, the folks that wanted to see fart jokes and explosions because it was the same medium. And every Mm -hmm. once in a while you get a Mad Max Fury Road like there's 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 it's just it's interesting. It's 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 the landscape has changed due to how much content is available. Um, One
1: thing to bring it back to the conversation about the movie, um, I think it, it's not, a it's, it, it is an odd misstep in a movie that is so immediate and so, um, so much about the, the sort of immediate, like, like, again, I felt as I was watching this movie that I was being thrown into the chaos. So I felt that the technique was so profoundly beautiful that I was like in amongst and, you know, like I was out of control and I, and I felt as well, there was a danger to the way that this was being made um which which was you know enrapturous but the final reveal that it, uh, ibdeen, uh, uh, ibdeen if i'm if i'm Abdel? Mistaken, uh, no 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 the the younger brother the 14 year old brother Kareem. was killed no no, no oh, 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 the 14 year old brother was killed was actually killed by white supremacists who were masquerading as police i found to be a really ineffective um moment and and also counter to the point of the chaos which hmm. is that the chaos is that we don't know what the truth is, and then to to give us a truth at the end of it that was definitive. Um, I mean, in some ways, it suggested that these two these two opposing forces, the police and uh, the 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 people of Athena, was all for naught because the third party was actually um, creating the scenario. I there was something about that that I found ineffectual like like I think diminishing
0: i found it important mm. uh because nine times out of ten in any of these situations mm. where a bunch of people are suffering on different sides there is a third party doing the the string pulling that's not like conspiracy theory that's just sort of kind of how it works you,
1: the, you know why it didn't work is because that it's not immediate to the events that are happening in front of us
0: which oh is yeah what- we are told as the audience so we know a thing that no character knows Exactly. No, characters and the, don't find that out, right? I'm, I'm trying to remember. No, like, no, they don't. And like, and, and, and if you
1: compare this to, um, again, another movie that I absolutely love in the, in the sort of French new extremity, uh, Irreversible, uh, where uh, Vincent Gassell's character goes on sort of a, a murderous rampage to find the man who raped his girlfriend, uh, played by Monica Bellucci. And then we as the audience see... That, that the person who actually did that was not the person whom he kills like, yeah. and we just see it as this piece of information and like some people will miss it and you know some people will actually see it. Um, and I think that that is um, like the problem is is that the movie is, has been up until that moment all about immediacy and like the chaos of what is happening. So if we were to sort of see that piece of information in amongst everything that was happening and either take it in or or discard it, I think that would be a bitter telling of what this ending does.
0: Um, I I think it works works overall for me. The thing that I think it doesn't really, um, well, maybe it does comment on this, it's hard to say, Mm. is the intrinsic issues in in, uh, you know, uh, policing or or governmental bodies or things like that, where, yes, this was a group of white supremacists pretending to be cops. But that intermingling is it the reason why that works hmm. in the in the film. And some might argue in real life is because there's not like because the trust has been worn away on. Yeah cops to believe whether or not it is true or not, some some places it is, some places it isn't, that like, oh they yeah, no, it's totally them because they do these things. Right. And so like you you are correct, I think, in the in the you're correct in your emotions, here. Uh <laughs> that it, it is the it is a piece much like <laughs> a little bit different reasons, but much like Mokter. Uh is feels like, huh, okay, we're doing all right. Okay. All right. I guess we're done uh, with this now. When everything else is such a tight cohesive package. Um mm. that's it was also my band name in college. Tight cohesive package. Yeah. 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 That's uh
1: the name of the underwear that I'll be releasing. There we go. Tight. tight, uh, tight.
0: uh yeah, <laughs> see this movie. It's really good. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. Um <laughs> I, I, I hope that my mood uh, discussion doesn't dissuade anyone. Uh I honestly but I, I I don't know. If if I had the choice, like I was in a really like open mood today i guess i'd say and like yeah. i kind of wish i had experienced it first because i was thinking about it before we did the podcast and i was like yeah. oh man like if i watched it today yeah i would have a different like emotional read and i hope that i came across as more analytical than than just being like Meh.
1: <laughs> what what what, the can i can i ask what would you have wanted to watch like what would uh, what would have oh, been God. the bomb uh, for you this week
0: uh, at that moment, I'll tell you, and this is fucking stupid, but it's just because it's mind-numbing, and I just don't want... I didn't want to think in that particular moment. Frasier. Of course. <laughs> I was just like, I just want to watch some garbage 90s sitcom that's pretend yeah. highbrow, and... uh I I, what will will Niles end up with Daphne who knows <laughs> like I like I like and and it sounds so trite I just did I wanted my brain to turn off and what this movie does is it like activates it fucking hardcore right. and sometimes you need it sometimes you don't get what you want and it's better for you so um yeah yeah hey, you know what this yeah. has been the only podcast about the film Athena Shahir when you are not building uh, the most uh, exquisite and uh, elite versions of Molotov cocktails for oh your God. next uh, rager. Where can folks find you? You can probably find me self-immolating um, pretty mm.
1: easily by accidentally burning, blowing myself up um, at my website, www.shahirdow.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Matt, when you were trying to figure out what to do with all those tossed salads and scrambled eggs, where can people find you?
0: <laughs> They're calling again. You can find me uh, at my website, matthewkro My life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram or PSN. Come say hi on there. Or Emperor MSK on Twitter. Please also email us in onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. What did you think of Athena? Uh, do you, did you, did you watch it in the mood? you think you would have, uh, would be the optimal viewing things or does it even matter to you? I'd really be interested to sort of see how that plays out. Please email us in again, only at gmail.com next week. Next oh, week. Man, what are we should doing? We do a movie. Should <laughs> we Do a movie next week. What, what, I don't what, know. What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> uh, well, we broke the B streak. Yeah, um, that's a real bummer. Um, uh, it's a real bum show. <laughs> um, um, we're, we're going to do it, right? Let, I think the running gag is: Hey
1: everybody, next week we'll be doing Blonde, and we're going to say that every week. We'll the say that rest after of the,
0: the after the Blonde review. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, just,
1: we will never watch Blonde. We will oh. just always say next week will we will watch Blonde. <laughs> oh, I think that's going to be no. Up but to I kind
0: of want to watch Blonde. Yeah, it's three hours long. There, uh, just Andrew, suck it up, dude. What happened to film is important. <laughs> no, 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 no I'm, ju- I'm just saying.
1: I'm saying that it's uh it's going to be a long. And I and I also think. This is a, I, from the early, you know, reviews that I've read, uh, and the early takes. And like Andrew Dominic did an interview where he described, uh, uh, I believe he described Marilyn Monroe's movies as uh, instruction lessons for whores. I believe is what wow. he described it wow. as. I look. I hope I'm not misquoting that. And look, I also again always say that. It, my point is, not not don't don't care what Andrew Dominics is or anything like that. I think the movie's gonna be a hot button movie, despite whether people like it or not um and, and that's I think why gonna, i'm interested in talking about it i think i think it's gonna be interesting to talk about i i hope to get a good guest uh if you know have followed our show you probably know who i'm thinking of who knows a lot about women in film and film history uh uh hopefully we can get that person back on the show for this particular Ooh, episode yeah. um but uh yeah we'll see where we go with that uh are we gonna but instead maybe we'll just review something else what what, we, what else can we review
0: oh we could review blonde <laughs> we
1: could, we could review blonde. Yeah, yeah.
0: What if everybody? Reviewing... Something else. <laughs> Every... <laughs> or blonde. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>